Proverbs chapter 22, Proverbs chapter 22, and while you're turning there, uh, they remind you of a few things, remind you that this weekend is time change weekend, and so set your clocks forward an hour, and so uh, we'll look forward to a good day on Sunday, Lord willing, everybody will be awake, some of you will be early or on time because you forgot to set your clock, but set your clock an hour ahead and then look forward to a good day on Sunday. Next Thursday, uh, we'll begin back our with the time change, uh, our Thursday evening visitation soul winning. And so there's another opportunity for you to uh, go out, make some visits. And so I want to let you know about that. Uh, before I get in, read the text tonight, I, I want to just mention, uh, I, I appreciate you being here on Wednesday night. And I would just encourage you, if there's others that you can invite to be in Bible study on Wednesday night, I know I, 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 it's on the schedule. I announce it every Sunday, uh, but make a point, even, even newer people, invite people Wednesday night. Maybe there are people who don't currently attend our church, uh, but their church doesn't have a Bible study, a midweek service, invite them to come with you. Uh, I feel like our, our services are uh, great to help us. I feel like the Bible studies especially are, are very helpful to us. And so I would just mention that, encourage that. Sometimes it's just all the effort we can muster just to get ourselves here. Uh, but to do invite others uh, to be in Bible study with you. Proverbs 22, I'm going to read verse 24 and 25. And then later in uh, the message, I'm going to read, well, we'll go ahead and read it. It's just a couple pages of Proverbs 29. We'll read a verse from Proverbs 29. And I'm going to uh, look at a character tonight that is often misconstrued. It's often misunderstood. And I think sometimes it is ignored uh, because we don't realize how serious it is. And that's why it's important for us to be in the Bible. We read the Bible uh, every day on our own. Uh, we make notes, allow the Spirit of God to speak to us. And what God warns us about, we need to pay close attention to. And what God says pay attention to, we need to be att pay attention to. But I think this will be a help to us tonight. And I remind you, as we look at these different characters, it's, we see some things that we want to avoid. We want to steer clear up. But it also is intended to help us deal with those who would embody uh, these characteristics that we're talking about. Because we find in the book of Proverbs, we find the warnings to stay away from. God identifies certain things. And then it tells us how to treat that individual. And so I think sometimes we fail because uh, we don't heed what the Bible has told us. Or we fail because maybe we I can identify but we don't follow through and treat that individual that is described in Scripture the way God says to treat them. For example, last week I, I taught on dealing with the scorner. Um, you, you can't love a scorner back. You can love a scorner, but God is very specific on, on how to treat a scorner. And so there's twofold. Avoid being a scorner, but then learn how to treat them. The same is true with every characteristic we see. And so we're going to look at one. I've said all that to get to Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25. The Bible says, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his way and get a snare to thy soul. <clears throat> Hold your place. But then Proverbs 29 and verse 22. Proverbs 29, 22. An angry man... Stirreth up strife, and a furious man 
aboundeth in transgression. Keep your Bibles open. This is going to be very, very help to us, helpful to us this evening. Tonight we're going to talk about dealing with the angry man. Dealing with the angry man. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. May the Spirit of God be our teacher, our instructor. Uh, may we allow your word to speak to us this evening. May uh, we evaluate our own life. Uh, may we evaluate uh, how we react to our emotions, Father. May we make some changes that are necessary. Uh, Father, may we take note of these uh, principles tonight so that when we encounter an angry man, uh, we know how to respond. We know how to act. Uh, we ask for your help this evening, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Bible says, make no friendship with an angry man. Uh, this is not just talking about somebody who gets angry. Everybody gets angry. If you're one of those who say, no, I never lose. Not only do you have an anger problem, you have a lying problem too. Uh, God made us with emotion. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. So it's okay to get angry. We're just supposed to control that anger. And so I don't even think this is talking about somebody who loses their temper. Everybody has lost their temper. And again, say, well, I've never lost my... Okay, I've already established what other issues we have going on. Everybody. Uh, nobody is perfect in mastering their emotions, but you and I need to be adopting Bible principles so that there, those principles can govern our emotions. Let me give you definitions of an angry man. That angry... Simply put, is showing anger. Makes sense, right? Wearing the marks of anger caused by anger. As an angry countenance or angry words. Somebody can be flustered and frustrated and upset. And, or somebody can get angry and it can, it can, they, then they can get over and go. But that, that, ang, that, that angry, how do you know that somebody's angry? They're wearing the marks of it. It's the, it's the countenance. It's the words. The definition can go on raging. Now, some of us get angry, and we get mad. Sometimes we, we say some things. Sometimes we don't say anything at all. And, uh, but then that raging, it's a little bit different. Furious. Now, look at your text in verse 24. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. I'm going to point something out here. We define furious, impetuous, in a rush. They're just, they're just in a rush into everything. Moving with violence, raging, violent, transported with passion. They operate with that passion, mad. Not just mad like angry mad, but mad like crazy mad. Now, on the surface, if you look at verse number 24, you may think that Proverbs is talking about two different men. An angry man and a furious man. It's the same man. Just two different names. In the definition of anger is furious. So the Bible goes and calls an angry man an angry man, but he also calls an angry man a furious man. So there's not two different men here. They're the same, just called two different words that describe anger. This is somebody 
whose anger drives him. This is somebody whose passion (coughs) controls him. We've already established everybody gets angry. You know, hopefully, if you're rearing children, you have that little two, three, four-year-old, and, 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 they, and, they, and they, they, they lash out or they, or they throw something or do something, and, they, and you say, well, well why did they, why? And you get on to them and say, well, I was angry. Well, they were angry, so I guess that's okay. That's not an excuse. Part of the responsibility of a parent is to let them know, you're going to get to act that way if you're angry. There's a proper way to act. Because if you, by the way, parents, if you allow them to do that, they'll do it at 16. Then they'll do it at 25 and 35. And then you can see them as much as you want during visiting hours because they have never learned that it's not okay to be driven by your emotion. Specifically, the emotion of anger. Now, the Bible talks a lot about letting your emotions control you talks a lot about it. We get ourselves in trouble when we follow our emotion. Your emotions will lie to you. Your emotions will convince you of things that are not true. That is why it is important that you and I guide our life by principle. You have to make less decisions when you, just, when you have principles that will make those decisions for you. So it's the emotion, that passion of, of anger that drives them. Now notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, make no friendship with an angry man. What's amazing in this world, there are athletes that are followed that would be described as, an, as angry men. There are those in the political spectrum on both sides of the aisle. They're, they're, they're driven by their rage, by their anger. There's even preachers who can make quite a name and get quite a following for themselves, and they do so, and they're an angry man. It's their passion, their their rage that moves them and drives them. My Bible says make no friendship. That person that's always always getting themselves in trouble with. Again, I'm not talking about somebody who has a temper. If you have a temper, learn to control it. And by the way, if you're, if you're 45 and you're still using the excuse, well, I just have a temper, that's an admission that you refuse to be governed by the Spirit of God. It's make yourself watch your mouth. Make yourself not go pout like you're four. That has nothing to do with an angry man. I'm just saying, just somebody here needed that, I'm sure. Let me give you, I've got eight principles, eight statements I want to make to help us deal with the angry man. The first Few are going to be similar to how we've done it in the past several weeks where I'll give you some things about the angry man and then, and then, then tie it up with how we were supposed to respond. And again, I want us to look at our own life because I want us to see, you may say, well, this is not something that I have to worry about. Everybody has the potential to be an angry man. Just like last week, I think it's good. I don't think there's scorners in here. But I think it's good for us to take a Wednesday night and see what the Bible says about being a scorner because everybody has potential to become a scorner. And when you are confronting a scorner with the fact they're a scorner, it's too late. So there are some things that you and I should stay away from. And the same is true with an angry man. Every one of us have that potential. 
And I must, and I'll get ahead of myself, and, I, and I'll come back to this. But the greatest potential to become an angry man is to be a friend with an angry man. That's why we, I'll use the examples I use. Political commentators, if they're driven by their anger, I don't care if you agree with 95% of what they say, you'll become angry because God says make no friendship with an angry man. I, I don't, they can check the doc, same doctoral statement I have. If, if there's a preacher that's always ranting and raving and driven by rage, I'm not having anything to do with them. You watch the crowd that's around them, they will come just like him. It's a fact. So we need to be aware of this statement number one. An angry man is ruled by his own passions. An angry man is ruled by his own passions. Listen very carefully to the words I used in that statement. An angry man is ruled. He's governed. He's controlled by his own passions. You and I should live by passions? No. Principles. Well, this is just the way I feel. Okay. Do you have the Spirit of God in you? The Spirit of God ought to be able, you ought to, be, you ought to surrender your spirit, your passions, to the Spirit of God. An angry man is ruled by his own passions, not principles. If you want to avoid being what the Bible calls an angry man, a furious man, live your life by principle. Well, well what, what do I do if somebody does this to me? Well, what does the Bible say you should do? Then when somebody does that, you don't even have to decide how you're going to respond. Well, I, I get angry about it. Okay, but what have I decided I'm going to do? It's, it's living by principle. Principles should rule us. Well, I, you, guys, you don't understand how mad I get. I do understand how mad you get because if I'm honest with you, I get just as angry about it. But I don't want to become a furious man, an angry man. Well, it's just righteous indignation. Well, that's one way of... It's righteous indignation when it's with us, right? But it's anger issues when it's somebody else. Again, it's okay to get upset. I get angry at things that take place in our country. I get angry at things. But I don't want to let my anger govern me. And this is, this is why I had to cut out a lot of the, the politics that, that I enjoy. Why? Because I know it makes me angry. And I don't, don't want to be that guy who gets on Facebook and rages. That's an angry man. Principles. An, an, an angry man is ruled by his own passion. Statement number two. An angry man judges everything by his passions. Because he's ruled by his passions, he judges everything by his passions. He cannot see a situation accurately. Just like we saw a few weeks ago, a, a, a fool can't find that wisdom if he's looking for it because the Bible says he can't. Same is true. An angry man judges everything by his own passions. He is not going to see a situation accurately. He is only going to see it from his own circumstances, his own perspective, through the lens of his own anger. You ever heard the, the phrase, well, I'm so angry, I can't even see straight. I'm so angry, I can't even think straight. What that means is you're judging everything by your own passion. Not, is this a way I should respond? 
Well, I, I'll, I'll fix it when it's all. Some things you can't fix. An angry man judges everything by his passions. Um, that's why an angry man's judgment is not something you can depend on. When you hear they're ranting and raving, and you somebody say, well, I think that's what the Bible calls a furious man, an angry man. Say, but they might be right. No, they might not be right because they can only see things from their own perspective. Um, number three, an angry man is easily provoked. I want to remind you what the definition of angry is and that furious. They're, they're impetuous. They're, they think they're in charge and they're the ones being controlled. Uh, the, the devil will use them. Somebody else will use them. Because they walk around, an angry man walks around with buttons this big. And they may say, I don't push my buttons, but they want you to push their buttons because that's what it makes them feel like they're a man when they're raging. They're easily provoked. They're not in charge. And this is why it's important for you and I to have these Bible principles because we're supposed to rule our own spirit. And let me just give a, a warning here that ties in with this. This is why your pastor is always going to warn you of who you pay attention to on the Internet and social media. Because there's a lot of Christians who think they're stronger than they are, and they're being controlled by somebody else. If I allow you to make me bitter, you control me. If I make you respond to what you're doing. Now, now you're in control. That's why the, the, when, you, when, when, when you deal with an angry man and those that like and is scorning and those of that nature, the greatest thing you can do is ignore them. Why? Because then you're in control. I'm not going to make friendship with an angry man. I'm not going to respond. They are easily provoked. Oh, you know what it is. It's like, hey, go push that button over there. Let's watch what happens. We need some entertainment. Uh, they're easily, easily provoked. How, how sad for us not to be in control of our own. Sometimes these angry men or angry people, man, they would, they would stand firm against alcohol, which they should, and drunkenness and all that. Why? Because they, they lose control. Anger has the same effect. Statement number four. An angry man, once enraged, cares not what he says or does. An angry man, once enraged, cares not what he says or does because he is guided by his passion. He cares not what he says or does. He doesn't care who he hurts. He doesn't care that he hurts the cause of Christ. He doesn't care how bad it makes himself look because he can always justify it by some cause or by some excuse in reality, it's no different than a three-year-old trying to defend why he hit his sister with a Tonka truck because he got angry. Is, they still have Tonka trucks? Do little boys still hit their sister with Tonka trucks? Okay. Uh, 
It's the same thing. An angry man in rage care not what he says or does. Okay, that's a bad place to be. Because now we are going from, well, if somebody can't control their anger, does it really matter if it just hurts them? That's the whole point. It doesn't just hurt them. God makes us with emotions. He does not punish us because we have emotions that he gave us. But if we do not govern them, there are consequences to letting our emotions get out of control. There are consequences to letting our emotions govern us. I use the illustration of the scripture, be angry and sin not. There's some things, mom and dad, you should get angry about. There's things as a, as, a, as a preacher I am going to get angry about. But I should not let that anger control me. I cannot use that anger as a justification of why I violated something else that God said. But an angry man, once enraged, cares not what he says or does. And so I need to stay away from that because, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'll, I'll, I'll come back around to this. Because now, if he doesn't care what he says or does, he doesn't care who he hurts. He's going from being angry and maybe embarrassing himself to crossing a line where God says, if you wrong somebody else, now we're in a whole different set of offenses. And an angry man, once enraged, cares not what he says or does because he's guided by that passion. That's why you can't get one, you can't get, get them to, most of the time, sincerely even apologize. Because they are justified in their anger. Number five, an angry man creates strife and discord. We read it in chapter 29, verse 22, an angry man stirreth up strife. An angry man creates strife and discord. I don't understand why people give so much attention to angry men. All they do is stir up strife and discord. And the Bible speaks very clearly on what God thinks about the discord sower. About the one who meddles in things that are not theirs to meddle in. An angry man creates strife and discord. That's why I stay away from an angry man. Because he's going to get his nose into something he should not, which means you're going to get your nose into something you should not. And there are times when you can cross the line with God because then it goes from not just I'm being an embarrassment myself, but I'm hurting somebody else. And whenever, that whenever there's that crossover, God holds us in accountable for what we do to somebody else. An angry man doesn't care what he says about somebody else. He doesn't care how, how he slanders somebody else. But I tell you who does care, God does. Well, I didn't really mean that. I said it in anger. Well, you better make that right or God's going to hold you accountable for it. An angry man creates strife and discord. You know, I like, I like, I mean, obviously, every word the Bible is where it's supposed to be. 
But the wording of the Bible just tells us so much. That verse 22 in chapter 29, an angry man stirreth up strife. It means it's, it's, everything's calm. Everything is peaceful. And here he comes stirring it up. Still angry about something that happened eight years ago. Or angry about something that supposedly happened 25 years ago. Or somebody when you were three said something to you and you've been hanging on to that. And so we want to justify it. stirs up trouble. And don't be somebody who stirs up strife and discord. Number six. Nobody's angry at me, are they? Okay, just checking. An angry man abounds in a sinful lifestyle. An angry man abounds in a sinful lifestyle. An angry man can be in a rage about somebody in a different sphere of politics and be in a rage and be unreasonable and stir up strife. And that person in that realm of politics can be wrong in their position. And I would contend with you that these... Now, let me use it, is, is this illustration. Just, just as a what if, I have no political commentator in mind this Wednesday. Many of you have asked me about my references in, last week. I have nobody in mind, but if you give me a moment, I can think of a few. This is, this is why I want to be careful even following quote-unquote conservatives. And by the way, conservative and Christian are not the same. I'm not a conservative. I'm a Christian. Now, I threw this out a couple months ago, and some of you are scratching your head. The Antichrist will be a conservative. That's, that's just my, my view. There's a difference in these. Well, they, over here, they're, they're for this, and they're for this, and, and they, they get in such a rage and angry about it and say, well, yeah, they're right about that, but I would contend with you that the person who's an angry man is living a sinful life. I'm not talking about hidden sins. That you and I may not know. A lot of times Christians, they get on their pharisaical high horse, get on their soapbox, and they want to rage about this and rage about that, which might be wrong, but I'm going to contend with you that an angry man abounds. We're all sinners, right? But an angry man abounds in a sinful lifestyle. Well, pastor, can you prove that? I'm glad you asked. Chapter 9, or 29, verse 22. An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. God says that angry man abounds in transgression. For, for, for comparison's sake, if you, if you live a life serving God, you will abound in joy. You will abound in, in, in his mercies. You will abound in his blessings. A simple illustration is you have that, that cup and, and that saucer underneath him, and, and it fills up and overflows, and it, it, it's more than full, it's abounding. Look at the word, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. See, this is where sometimes we get ourselves in trouble because we'll justify our anger, we'll justify our rage, we'll justify being friends with somebody like that. 
because they, quote-unquote, hold a righteous position. But I believe we ought to take a Bible position, and sometimes when you, when you can't see it, it's good to just take God's word for it. Because the Bible does tell us to be angry and sin not. The Bible does tell us to have our speech seasoned with grace. The Bible does tell us not to slander and not to discord so and stir up strife. We shouldn't be contentious with everyone. We ought to be an example. See, uh, you gossip, gossip is, as big, is a bigger sin than Christians want to, 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 to say it is. Well, look at this world. Look what they're doing in this world. And, and, and they're this, living this way now, and this way now, and this way now. And we can name a whole bunch of sin, and it's still sin. Just because there's some saying it's okay to come in the church, doesn't bring that stuff in the church, doesn't mean it's not sin. God's righteousness and holiness has not changed. But the same is true for an angry man that stirs up strife. That is sin. Stirring up strife in a church is sin. And I promise you, and you, you don't have to take my word for it, God will judge that harsher than the Christian who's got Budweiser in their refrigerator. I know, I'm going to be kicked out of the independent Baptist movement right there. Trust me, they've tried. He abounds in a sinful lifestyle. It's not pleasing to the Lord. Matter of fact, it gives, it gives God a bad name. I have to move on or I'm going to get really angry about it. Verse number seven, or number seven. An angry man must be avoided lest he influence you. Back to chapter 22, verse 24. Make no friendship with an angry man. You don't have to be an English scholar to realize that's a command. Well, if it fits in, do that. Or if you can work it out. No, it says make no. No exception. Make no friendship with an angry man. An angry man must be avoided lest he influence you. Notice what it says in verse 25. Lest thou learn his ways. You become like who you're around. And you can watch movements change, whether they be political, spiritual, whatever, by an angry man. You can watch... If you take the time to do it, you can see from the outside. You can watch something that maybe you participated in before. And whether in politics keeps coming to mind, and certainly you can apply this in the spiritual world. You can watch it change because an angry man changed it. I mean, there are some, I mentioned preachers who they're just, they're, they're angry men. And you watch those who are around them, now they're angry men. You know what happens in their churches? They're all angry. You know why? You learn his ways. That's why I can't make you do this, but if you would do this, it would bring so much peace in your life. On social media, unfollow every so-called preacher, pastor. I mean, you got the best. I mean, what else do you need? 
so many of them, they get on their tirades about all of these different things, and quite frankly, we, it makes us mad. I, I mean, i got enough people to make me mad. I don't need to listen to preachers to make me mad. Does that make sense? Maybe it's not a preacher. Maybe it's somebody. I mean, there, there's some. It's like, God bless you. And, and I have my opinions, and your opinion may be similar to my opinion. It really might. But I can't hear one. I really, I can't hear one more tirade or explanation having to deal with how Donald Trump was robbed in 2016. I, I, can't, I, can't, I, I can't hear it anymore. I'm done with it. Been there, done that. I'm over it. And, you know, and oh, I, I better not go down that line. Matter of fact, you can lose another election because you're still angry about the last one. You, you, can, you can lose one friendship because you're still angry about the last one. An angry man must be avoided lest he influence you. Then number eight, the last one. Are you happy about it? An angry man is a snare which leads to destruction. Verse 24 and 25, make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. By the way, I'm, let me back up. I'm, I'm saying all these things. I mentioned politics and all these things. If it don't bother you, I don't think there's anything sinful with it. I'm just telling you, it bothers me. And so I have to learn to protect my spirit, what makes me upset, what makes me angry, you, just like you have to. So just clarification on that. Um, an angry man is a snare which leads to destruction. Look at chapter 22, verse 24 and 25. Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, thou shalt not go. Pretty clear command. The explanation is in verse 25. Lest thou learn his ways. We don't want to do that. And get a snare to thy soul. Just like we saw from the Bible last week, the, the end result for a scorner is not good. They will be judged by God. Judgment is coming by God, which is much more serious than judged by any other man. I say that because we may not would think that the future or the end of an angry man would be that severe. But we have a clear warning not to have, make a friend with an angry man because you might learn his ways. And notice what the Bible says, and get a snare to thy soul. That is a serious warning. This is a serious situation. This is a serious future. An angry man is going to end up... In, so what's going to happen? Well, the Bible says he aboundeth in transgression. The Bible says he stirreth up strife. So what's going to happen to him? It doesn't specifically say in these verses, just like it did last week in the scorner, that, that God's judgment is waiting on him. But if you study what happens to those who stir up strife, 
there is judgment. If you study those who abound in transgression with no confession, there, there is dis- destruction. Those that justify their own passions, there's a lot in the Bible that says they will end in their own destruction. So God establishes that from the characteristics or from the trouble, if you will, that an angry man causes. But our warning is to make no friendship lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. An angry man is full of pride because he thinks his anger is takes a higher place than somebody else's peace. Somebody else's contentment. Somebody else's feelings. Well, if I have to if I have to to to, to hurt this person to get my point across then, then so be it. This, this, I just, I, I, somebody ought to be angry about this. Well, wait a minute. God says your, your anger doesn't have a right to hurt somebody. So they're, they're full of pride because they think their feelings are above everybody else's feelings. They think their judgment, which is skewed because they judge everything by their what? Their passions. By their circumstances, so they're full of pride. And, and where does pride take us? Destruction. You know, it's, it's amazing. The Bible commands us to help those who have fallen. But the Bible does not warn us with the wording of, being a friend to the fallen is a snare to your soul. But it does about an angry man. I'm going to get myself in some real trouble tonight. And we are commanded to restore. Why is God's people, why do we buddy up to the loud angry man and we shun the one who's fallen. Man, the wind got sucked out of here quicker than me announcing a million-dollar offering, I tell you. I would rather be seen with somebody who has fallen seven times and keeps getting up than an angry man. Matter of fact, when they get reshared on social media, I block them and block the person who shared them. Right. Well, they don't know any better. They ought to read their Bible. They should. Right. And a lot of times, the angry man is angry at those who are just minding their own business, trying to do what the Lord has commanded them to do. Because they're full of pride. I use the... Analysis. I use the, the comparison there because we need to be careful who our associations are and who we allow to become our associations. 
There, there are there 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 are some there are there are men who I I, I would I, I am their friend. I can't speak whether they're my friend or not, but I am their friend. But I do not closely associate with them because I must protect myself. And there's a, there's 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 several reasons why I would do it. But there's something there that I want to guard myself. It's the same thing that I'm speaking of tonight that the Bible warns us of, to make no friendship with an angry man. It leads to destruction. It's a snare to thy soul. Anger and compassion do not sit on the same stage. Now, because I love my children, I'm going to get angry at sin. That's not what I'm saying. But I qualify that with, I'm either going, see, I get angry because compassion sits in my heart. Not anger. Christians should not be people with a big old chip on their shoulder waiting for the world to knock it off. We shouldn't. Now, again, I'm not saying, say, oh, my dad, he was, he was trying to fix something, and he, he, he got angry. He's an angry man. That's not what the Bible says. It's probably because his wife was, your mom was insisting that he follow the instructions, which is never a good idea. Some of you getting, I can see, I can see some of you getting angry right now just because I mentioned that. That's not what I'm talking about. It's a man who has that rage. He's never dealt. Matter of fact, all of us in this room, life has happened to us and people have wronged us enough that every one of us could be an angry man. But we have the Spirit of God who lives within us, who helps us forgive, who helps us forget who helps us move forward who help i mean we have a we we have a perfect standard to follow the lord jesus christ he he died for the very people who crucified him so well he's perfect of course he did well okay let me do you one better that first church that little group of christians that met in the upper room in acts chapter 9 acts chapter number 1 they met praying for the power of God so that they could go win the very people who crucified their Savior. They weren't some name in an ether. They knew their names. They knew their faces. They knew where they lived. They knew where they worked. They were praying that God would do a work so that they could win them to their Savior. Well, how, did they, how, how were they able to do that? The Spirit of God. Help them. An angry man has quenched the spirit. An angry man grieves the spirit. Some principles there, right there in the word of God, that I hope that you and I will take note of, and we can avoid falling into that trap and realize we all have the potential to be an angry man. We all have the potential. You ever, you ever seen somebody that used to be so sweet and so kind 
Then you run into them and say, what happened to them? Well, I can, I'm thinking of some right now, and I would not never mention, m- mention who they are, but when they used to be such pleasant and fellowship, and you see them after a few years, first time, and you go to speak to them, and you can just see the rage. Why, that, that's... That's a, that's, a, that's a sad commentary and waste for a child of God. But you know what? We all have that tendency. We all have that potential. So let's, maybe tonight, maybe tonight, there's some things that when you think about it, it makes you angry. I can confess to you, there's some things if I think about them long enough, it can make me angry almost to the point. But I have to yield myself to the Spirit of God and there's some things you just got to let him take care of. But maybe there's some bitterness that's crept into your heart. Get rid of that. Get rid of it. It will destroy you. Well, I don't know if I can. You can. You can. Well, let's let the Lord deal with our heart. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for...